I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today, on our first Halloween 2020 episode, we watched The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Yes. Uh, only only half of this is fitting the theme, but it's a package film from Disney. The first one I think we're covering, so what are you going to do? Who would like to give a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis of... Let's just split this duty. One person does Mr. Duty. Toad and... <laughs> one person does Mr. Toad and one person does Ichabod. I'm going to let that pause sit there. Good. <laughs> Mr. Toad, an incorrigible rich guy, gets into a mess and maybe gets out of it? I mean, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> With the help of friendship. Friendship. <laughs> the power but- of friendship. Legend of Sleepy Hollow slash Ichabod, Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It's the tale of a lanky schoolmaster who becomes part of a love triangle between the like town pretty boy slash Gaston wannabe and a girl who really likes just playing both of them for their affections. And the two guys fight over it a bunch and then the fight escalates. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> I, I might even add, too, to me it's more about also a schoolmaster playing the system, using even his students, mothers or whatever, that seem to be infatuated with him to get food. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of an incorrigible fad, and yeah. we will have to talk about that. Yeah. Um, without getting into specifics or anything, would you recommend... Okay, this is kind of weird. Again, this is our first one that's one of these Disney's smushing things together movies. Um, would you recommend the movie as a whole and or would you recommend one of the shorts? Would you recommend the whole package? And whatever your answer is to that, would you recommend either of the shorts individually? Because they have often been packaged individually airing on TV separately or or even on some home video releases, I think. So Okay. I think as a package, I don't think I'd recommend it. It's only like an hour long, but it felt longer than that. Separately, I don't think I would recommend Mr. Toad. And I'm kind of on the fence about Ichabod, Legend of Sleepy Hollow or Legend of Ichabod, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we can talk about it. There was some interesting things, but meh. Sure, sure. I think I would have to agree. I don't think I would recommend either. I wouldn't recommend it as a package. I wouldn't recommend either individually. And primarily because, well, Mr. Toad is is fairly boring and not a lot redeemable, not a great storyline, but also with Ichabod Crane, I think it's too scary for children. I mean, I guess it depends on what age of children. But it gets, it can get very scary. Mom, you so, made me roll my eyes so many times with your I don't not know. appropriate for children BS. You know I watched this as a kid, right? Like a lot. Like this you, is my go-to Halloween scary movie as a kid. How young? I mean, pretty young. Mm, I I disagree. You weren't real. I've never enough. seen Mr. <laughs> you disagree. I, I know I've watched this a bunch and not as an adult. 
So well, fine, but I mean, I think I don't think for younger kids. I, I guess it, I wouldn't recommend it for a family to sit down. Oh, let's do this for Halloween. There's many other choices that. But anyway, I'll give you know. that. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. I don't recommend it as a package film. It. I mean, it feels like what it is: two disparate things smushed together with a very paltry attempt at connecting them as like literary tales and it's like no no one cares about that and that they're not really connected in that way at all but um individually no i definitely wouldn't recommend uh, mr toad it's just not very good and i i think i'd recommend i'd recommend sleepy hollow it's yeah it's fun it's it's spooky and has a cast that are all dislikable in various ways. And it, it's interesting. So I, I think I'd recommend that. But yeah, like, if you want to watch this on Disney+, Plus, just like, skip to the Sleepy Hollow part. <laughs> There's really... It's really baffling to me, though, because there's not a lot of cultural legacy for this iteration of Sleepy Hollow. Like, people like and fondly remember the short overall, I think, but there's not a lot that has ever been done with it to bring it to other properties or to use any of the characters or whatever. But Mr. Toad has, like, a weirdly big legacy, despite not being very good, because several of the characters in there will appear in other things. It has a Disneyland ride. Like, it's kind of weird how much cultural cachet that short has, even though it is not good. What, what... Mr. Toad characters have appeared in other things. The uh, Ratty and Molly will appear again in a thing that we will literally oh. watch later this year. Okay. And the Weasels appear very prominently in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Okay. Like the Weasels in Who Framed Roger Rabbit are very much definitely based on these weasel designs. Okay, I see. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then again, that also has a Disneyland ride. I don't believe Sleepy Hollow has ever had a disneyland ride yeah where you get your head cut off at the ride <laughs> it'd be awesome <laughs> it'd be such a cool dark ride it'd be rad uh oh th- that kind of would be interesting if you like have to take the ride to get to the end Ooh. to the to the over the bridge before the you're like before the uh horse guy gets sorry you. You i guess that's cut that out yeah that's spoilers but yeah you take a ride to the end before the horse guy gets you the Headless Horseman, not just the horse guy. I like the horse guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, no, kind of cool. It would be rad. I, I have no idea what the Mister Toad ride is like when we went to Disneyland. I don't believe I rode it. If it's still around, I don't know if it's still around. Maybe mm. who knows? But anyways, yeah, it's just really weird how much of how much Mister Toad has been brought back aspects of it in different iterations, but. Not the actual, the one that could maybe actually be argued at being good or at least interesting. Eh, it's weird. Hmm. But maybe because it's, I, I honestly, I think it's partially because the Mr. Toad one is bad. <laughs> that like, they're like, let's just pick and choose pieces of this thing that nobody really remembers and put it into other things. Sure. Um, and then the Sleepy Hollow one is like pretty like complete yeah. and all of the characters are terrible purposefully i believe uh so it's not like you want to put ichabod into something uh, like, he yes. works in this story sure you know um yeah i don't know sure yeah. um i'm also trying to decide if i would recommend 
if I would just off the bat for someone in, in a school setting, like if I if I was teaching poems and and tall tales and things like that. I don't know. Possibly. We'll oh see. yeah, I have I have no idea how. My guess is that Mr. Toad is very far away from whatever the Wind and the Willows is about, <laughs> um, and. Uh, as for the Sleepy Hollow, I mean, it seems to hit a lot of the general beats, but I don't really I know, know yeah. the actual story itself very well. And it's well, been adapted poem, a lot of times over. So yeah, The poem is, is what's much more... Is, it's is a more short prominent. story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, fun fact, the first segment is based on the 1908 children's novel The Wind and the Willows by British author Kenneth Graham, and the second uh, story is based on the 1820 short story The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by American author Washington Irving. Did we do Let's Get Specific? No. Okay. So you're just throwing that in. Uh-huh. Yeah, That's just cool. throwing that in here. This is just where I'm going to have the pause. Now. I mean, it's going to be real weird because it's gonna you're going to be like give up a specific fun fact and then you're like, ah, my bad, my bad. <laughs> and then it's like, let's get specific. No, I'm gonna end on you asking if we did let's get specific yet. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> then let's, let's get specific. <laughs> all right, let's. Um, all right, so Jeez. some interesting backstory on the Wind in the Willows one in particular um, that explains a good deal of why it's like it is. By April 1941, work on The Wind in the Willows as a feature-length film had begun. Uh, When the Disney animator's strike was finished in October of that same year, Joe Rosenberg of the Bank of America issued an ultimatum in which he would permit an absolute loan limit of $3.5 million, and in return, he ordered the studio to restrict itself to producing animation shorts and to just finish whatever features were already in production, which at the time was Dumbo, Bambi, and The Wind in the Willows. Uh, But no other feature film would begin work until they had been released and earned back their costs. After reviewing the animation footage for what they had for Wind in the Willows, though, Disney decided to shelve the project, deciding that the quality was too far below the standard necessary to be successful on the market. Uh, (laughs) And so it kind of just stayed in limbo for a few years, then they brought it back and tried to work on it a little bit more, and and eventually Disney was just like, look, make this thing half an hour. It's not going to be a feature film. Make it half an hour. Get it out. Um, And... I mean, we can get into it, but it definitely feels like a thing that was meant to be a lot longer than it was because it moves really fast and sometimes has really awkward scene transitions where it feels like whole scenes were missing. But at the same time, it felt really long because I didn't enjoy any of what was there. And so I can't imagine having to sit through an, a feature length film version of this, even if it was only as long as Dumbo, that's it's too much. I don't, I don't, I think Disney was right to be like, look, just, just make it 25 minutes, get it out. Like this isn't going to be a feature film. Um, yeah. So what do you, what would you like to, do we, do you want to speak or address story and characters or can we jump right into animation or should we nope not animation yet story Uh, characters voice acting okay well interestingly for example the character of mr toad was the most uninteresting (laughs) character that i have ever met i mean it just he was oh he was so so annoying and i don't even feel like his his voice really gelled i don't know i i just 
I don't know if I agree with that. I think his voice worked. Uh, let's yeah, see. Who Badger's was, voice to me was, who was the his, hardest let me to look up. deal with. Eric Bloor did Toad's voice. I, th- I think he matched Toad's personality pretty well. It was, it was fine. Yeah, I think like he I did said, fine. McBadger. Bleh. Campbell Grant did did Angus McBadger. So do you he feel was very like hard to understand? Yes. Yeah. Do you think the Badger should have been sound more kind of like grizzly, grumpy, older type thing, or what? I don't know. More intelligible for one would have been good. Yeah, like there, I I get it that those accents. I I think there were certain words that were close but not quite right, or not quite right. Like I don't I don't know what right is. Uh, but yeah, he was kind of hard to understand. Uh, maybe it was a bit too low or something. I'm not sure. I didn't. It sounded like, it like the much. recording itself was kind of eh. Yeah. For him especially, but other characters too. Uh, like I didn't mind his character generally, but his his yeah. he was just harder to kind of understand. I, I just I feel like most of Toad's friends were barely characters, though, and I yeah. feel like that's one of the ways in which it feels like it was meant to be a feature film. Like it feels like we were meant to have more time with them to actually get to know them. Yeah, and understand why they even like this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did like, though, when Mr. Toad first appeared, Valerie said, oh, this queen has gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the pacing's just really, it's just really quick. Like, there'll be awkward cuts and be like, oh, so we're just not gonna, f- we're not gonna have anything about how he escaped. I mean, I guess that's fine. Like, we're not going to have any explanation of this. We're just going to go straight to this. Okay, sure. Yeah. Like, that feels like that happened several times. Yeah, it's like, did the horse smuggle him out? And know. then just like, all right, you're on your own because then the horse isn't there anymore. Yeah, the, the, it's the fact that the horse isn't with him anymore that makes it the, the most baffling. Like, what happened between them escaping and, and where we see him in the streets? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There, but yeah, there's several th- scenes that are kind of like that, where it's like, oh, I guess we're just going to make a logical leap here to get to this next thing. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, you really, you don't care enough to actually investigate. You're like, guess no. we're here. And then you just kind of go with it. But like Mr. Toad overall feels more like a plot device than a character. Like the main thing we know about him is that he's foppish and gets obsessed with things. Yes, he has his manias or whatever. Yeah, which is weird and questionable. Yeah. Um, well, he's also yeah. very careless and doesn't seem to care what about what property, property damage yeah, or anything. Yeah, what property he damages or anything else. Also, they have this weird inner connection between humans and all these animals. Yeah, uh, in yeah. all of these, uh, you know, different. Have any of us read *The Wind in the Willows*? Is that a thing in *The Wind in the Willows*? I don't know, but it just—it's like how still it was just very weird. How does this? How does this world even work? Because it seems it's like, like it when was... the dude comes and delivers the letter to Raddy's house, and like his door is just obscenely big, <laughs> and then there's just this yeah. tall man who bends down and gives yeah. this rat a a letter. It's yeah, it's weird. Yeah, no, I. I definitely agree. Like, I saw that and I'm like, okay, so are these guys just in this kind of, not maybe not abandoned human house, but like they live in a human-sized house? Because that, like, person yeah. looked looked the right size for that door. Uh, but then whenever they lock uh, Toad up in the room, like the doorknob is at their level. 
and it's it's yeah yeah it's It's just weird weird. yeah it's just weird and then i think all of the isn't all of the police officers that are chasing chasing toad aren't they all human i think so yeah so i just mean it's just this weird mix of I don't know. A lot of humans, and, also, like, and then those really, characters really ready to use their guns. Those police guys. Oh my yes. gosh! Talk, I mean, I'm like, okay, for for stealing a, a motor car, they're going to just like unleash just just you know a firing squad of bullets. I mean, they just yeah, we're just out to just. <laughs> Mom, do you know who Basil Rathbone is? No, it doesn't ring a bell. I'm just curious because he was apparently at the time a well-known celebrity, and that's why he was brought in as the narrator for the short. Ah. Um, mm. Yeah, no. Yeah, because I have a note here about well-known celebrities Basil Rathbone and Bing Crosby were cast as narrators in order to provide mass audience appeal. And it's like, I only know one of these two men, yeah, so Bing only Crosby, one of yeah. these stood the test of time. Yeah, yeah, Bing Crosby, of course, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, like, I know who Bing Crosby is, um... Yeah, I know. I have here that McBadger is a good friend because he is. Man, you took on a yeah. A task, why? Why my would dude. you? It wasn't. I mean, what? A, you All know. three of them are good friends for yeah. even dealing with this guy. <laughs> yeah, Toad is a lot. <laughs> Mole seems quite happy. To yeah, be his friend. Mole is so I mean, sweet. Mole's just a sweetheart. Mole, yeah. yeah, Mole is just a sweetie. And you'll see him again in a, in a completely unrelated thing later this year. Or so okay. I'm reading through my notes. I have, is this interesting to anyone? (laughs) Not even to Disney. (laughs) He's like, hey guys, this isn't working. I actually remember what the scene, it was about the courtroom scene. That was Uh, really boring. I'm like, I don't need this courtroom drama, this half-baked courtroom drama. Thank you. The only scene that I enjoyed at all is in the spoiler section. And even then it was only mildly. So like... One thing I liked, though, about the courtroom scene is whenever the bar guy, is it Winky? When he came in, he was uh, he was wiping the stand like he was cleaning the bar. <laughs> yeah. I liked that. Oh, what, didn't the horse also make a joke that you liked? Oh, yes. Cyril, whenever uh, the prosecutor was like, is that on a story? And he was like, I, something like, I knew you wouldn't be able to tell. Or like, oh, so you can't tell or you have to ask. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I like that joke. How come the horse is the only animal who gets a name? I don't know. Just Mr. Toad and Ratty and Molly and Oh, true. Well, he has Mc... he has McBadger. Angus McBadger. Angus Mc... he does have a name. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Why and what, Toad, why... wasn't it Thaddeus Toad? Or You're right, it is J Thaddeus Toad. So it's just those other two guys. Yeah, well, why wouldn't they it go be by Mr. their last horse? Well, I, I wonder if it's a uh, kind of a class situation Maybe. where they're gentlemen and they like Mr. or whatever, but the horse is like, oh, he's a bit more of the street. So like, he's just Cyril. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, possibly. Any, anything else with story characters voice acting for Mr. Toad? Or do we want to start talking about Ichabod? Well, no, just just a, just an overall recap that I didn't find any of the characters very well developed or or interesting you know the ones that i wanted to like didn't get enough development for me to like them. right right and then the storyline again was just was just very boring i don't know just very boring yeah i think it's a combination of not get, being given enough time to care and also the events themselves just not being terribly well written 
Yeah, just or wasn't. Engaging, yeah. I assume yeah. the wind in the willows itself is is much better than this is, <laughs> or else why is anyone still talking about it today? So yeah, yeah. Let's go on to the Legend of Sleepy Hollow or Ichabod dash the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Voice acting is just it's basically just Bing Crosby. <laughs> uh, there's some singing with the ladies, and I don't know who voices them either. It was a little confusing at first because. Since Bing Crosby's the narrator, and then you kind of were mostly in the head of Ichabod, so he voices his thoughts, and only later does Bing also voice um, Brahms' thoughts, and it's like, oh, this is just, he's just the narrator doing the narrator thing. Yeah. So that was a little weird to me. It, it just interesting, the, the difference between, like, having voiced characters... And just having a narrator the whole time. Yeah. I don't think it was terrible, but it threw me off a little bit. It was bit. an interesting choice, certainly. Yes. Yeah, it was an interesting interesting choice. Yeah, there being being no characters speaking other than the narrator. Yes, that I can't think of something that I've ever recently watched or anything that did the same thing. So that was an interesting yeah, and choice. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I mean, does... Does he ever voice Ichabod? Does Ichabod say anything in his voice? I guess it's just the singing. It's his thoughts. Yeah. Yes, they were definitely not narrator thoughts. They were like... No, yeah, they were... Oh. But he. But we don't see his mouth move and it's Bing Crosby except for him singing, huh? I don't recall. And I think it's the same for Brahm. I believe so. big number. I believe so. Be- and, and I think... In retrospect, that it made me, it didn't help me identify or like or understand any of the characters better by that choice. I don't think they're supposed to be likable, though. I don't think so either. And so I, I kind of like it because it does kind of put a little bit of distance between you and them. And so you're able to view it more as, as what it is, like a Halloween story, rather than like, a narrative with characters that you're supposed to be invested in yeah. and root for. I just realized it's more like here's our players, and here's like the setup, and here's where what the story is ultimately about. Yeah, I realize it's kind of it's it's gossipy. It's a tale, yeah. and and that makes sense because this is a Halloween story. Yes, yeah. Well, it worked yeah. in that sense because I didn't like any of the. I didn't think any of the of no. The I mean, Ichabod is kind of. Ichabod's kind of the worst. Brahm is kind of the worst. Katrina, I think, is the one that I that like bothers me the least. But I think she was written. I think men probably hate her. <laughs> I feel like she's <laughs> written so that men dislike her because oh she's playing them against each other. But that just endears her to me. So yeah, she's playing uh, the system. The system that yeah. she yeah that 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 yeah. Uh, so I support her. Definitely hegemonic hierarchy that the rich daughter has to have a suitor and has to have a man take over the estate. So yeah, she's just right? kind of playing the like, system. I mean, she's not a she's certainly no perfect angel, but like I I'm like yeah, girl, get it. Like rather <laughs> rather than thinking, oh, what a evil harpy playing these two men's hearts. Oh yeah, like, I don't like, think either of these men actually care about her anyway. So. I mean, you get into Ichabod's head of like, oh, she's beautiful. Oh, and she's also rich. That's like the main thing yeah. he thought about is yeah. like the money that he could get like from the being land. With her. The, yeah. yeah. So, so it's not like he was this innocent guy, no. like no. truly pining after her. Because also, you see him 
like you mentioned earlier, Jan, like playing all the moms of yeah. like, oh, let me get this like top notch dinner. Yes. Uh, yeah. Talk by, about like, a horrible teacher just letting the kids <laughs> yes. do whatever and letting them, you know, and just let the classroom go into chaos. See, things like that really bother me as a teacher. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, he was a t- terrible teacher. He was a terrible human being because, yeah, he just wanted to play the system and get all the food and benefits and yeah, yeah, he just wanted comforts. Yep. But I think especially for a story written at that time, he needs to be terrible to justify how the thing ends. Like, I don't think at that time, at least for Disney, it would have been terribly accepted for them to make a story where, like, you really care about one of the characters and then their fate is kind of up in the air at the end. Yeah. And actually, I I couldn't find anything just, just now when I when I was looking, but I swear before I have heard something about why the Mr. Toad story is written the way it is in terms of the, I'm pretty sure the original idea and maybe how it actually is in the wind and the willows is that he does steal the car, but they can't, you can't have a hero steal things according to the code at the time. So they had to change that and like thereby change the whole story into like a thing where he's being framed by evil people rather than giving in to his desires, you know? Hmm. And yeah, like it's, it's just one of those things where you have to put things to a certain extent into their historical context, not just like to try to excuse racism, which is never excusable and has always been bad. Um, But to like understand why sometimes things are written the way they are is because there are like either social norms or literal like media codes and laws that are preventing you from writing them a different way. I mean, I think the most well-known thing obviously is the whole comics code authority and what it did to comics for years. Um, And, and that, that stuff affected other media too like it affected i mean it affected how queer people were represented in media for a long long time yeah you saw like uh the tv shows sitcoms and things where uh couples are sleeping in separate beds because you couldn't have them sleeping in the same bed even though yeah they are married and parents like you're not stupid uh, that so. said, I'm not sure that the Mr. Toad short would have been any better if he had <laughs> stolen the thing. So. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but yeah, no, I I find the Ichabod short interesting just because it feels like they're all just bad people and you're not necessarily supposed to actually root for any of them. And that's part of why it's interesting to me, is that this isn't really a story about lovable characters. It's a It's a fable. It's a tale of like a thing that happened. Yeah, I don't know. I like how you you immediately pointed out the Gaston wannabe because that was the first thing when I was introduced into to Brom is I thought, okay, we've got Gaston here. So Yeah, I mean, especially with how like the whole town loves him or whatever. Yeah, and it's and like, then, like why? The, the narration said something about how like he's not a bad person and I'm like I mean, the uh, rest of this story begs to defer, but okay. Exactly. And I'm sorry, just because, oh, because he's not mean-spirited. Oh, really? Making fun of someone and trying to, that's not mean-spirited? I, yeah, I beg to differ. Also, um, don't, don't feed alcohol to animals. <laughs> I know! 
Honestly. I know. I know. I thought of that too. I feel I like thought. that's just because he's ignorant rather than he's trying to hurt animals or anything. <laughs> I think the no, animal. No. Yeah. I yeah, think that would have majorly That was a gift hurt for them. Yes. Um, I thought some of the comedy gags, especially at Katrina's house, were were pretty funny. Like there yeah. was some there was some fun back and forth with Ichabod and and Brom, um, with with one trying to hurt the other um, and being thwarted again and again. It mm-hmm. was there was some there was some fun comedic back and forth yeah. with with how all of that was staged. Physical comedy. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, that was. I did like that, and I did like that. That Braum finally kind of got some comeuppance, and yeah. but yeah, so it was good. Anything else with story characters or voice acting that isn't spoilers for either of these two? Uh, just that they lived in Terrytown, and I immediately thought of uh, Zelda and that little uh, yeah. song clip of as they walk away. But anyway, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> oh no i just thought of that song clip too yeah yeah <laughs> that like piano it's beautiful uh zelda breath of the wild oh play it uh if, as for characters for uh ichabod uh katrina was described as i think ripe melting and rosy cheeked and just really uncomfortable oh. i mean i think that probably fits in the later section though huh sure yeah because yeah we have Lots of things to talk about in that section, I think. Okay, okay. And I just want to repeat on record that Ichabod was not an effective or good schoolmaster. Oh, no. no. Terrible at that job. Yes. Let's go on to animation. That's what I like the best. I don't like the close-up human hands that Ratty has, though. Thank you. Mm, yeah, that I have was, in yeah, here. That was weird. People hands, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, they made me uncomfortable. Especially, like, the detailed nails. I'm like, mm, I don't like Even, that. I mean, they did that with Toad as well when he was, like, when he was in the water. Yeah. And, like, his hands were coming up and it's and grabbing for the it's branch. It's like, people hands. Yes. You're like, yeah, that oh, was weird. That. Yes, I need, like, like kind of knobby little things and, like, little orbs at the end for froggy hands. Yeah, yeah. That was weird. The animation, though, is what I liked the best out of any of this and it was it was beautifully it was beautifully colored it was For which one Bo- especially well primarily ichabod uh i like just even i mean and, and, and it just maintained i mean like the red of his hair even in all the you know the ending scene and spoiler sections and the green of his eyes and just it was it was beautifully drawn and colored but in both of them, but especially in Ichabod Crane, the I think it was definitely. I think the animation was definitely better yes. in an Ichabod story rather than it. It felt really simplistic, and it felt like cartoon short animation rather than Disney feature film animation. Even more so than Dumbo, which has pretty simplistic animation by Disney feature film standards. Um, right. The first one, the Mr. Toad, almost reminded me reminiscent of, I don't know, Rescuers, the first Rescuers for some reason. And then, but then the Ichabod, I did really love, like I said, the color and and the quality. But what bothered me is the proportions, and they do this in some of the things, is the <laughs> vast proportion, head size, body size of the different human characters. It was just very strange. 
when um when Ichabod first came on the screen, I made a joke to Valerie about like, oh wow, he's got like a waistline to rival Disney princesses. Oh, <laughs> he's like really thin, and he's basically as thin in the middle as Katrina is. Though Katrina obviously has a super exaggerated hourglass figure. Yeah, they do a lot of fun things with his lankiness, though for for physical for comedic effect for like conveying emotion and like he he bunches up with like legs over his head at times um no i think i think the the weird proportions overall work for me because it helps sell this as like a weird story with caricatures of people yeah um but and we can definitely talk about this more in the How's It Hold Up section. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that definitely worked to its detriment, particularly with one lady. Yes. Um, yeah. Who we will talk about later. <laughs> Animation for... I liked when Ichabod smoothed the whatever the white powder or grain or whatever it was back then, over Brom's head. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> his angry eyes and he's yeah. like, he's like, oh, uh, let's just bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And oh, I'll tell you another thing that I loved on both of them, which and you would you could address this more like if it was a different type of animation, if it was three D or whatever. But the introduction of both uh, Mister Toad and then Ichabod, where they're in the library scene. And they're going, they're it's looking at the action. books. Is that live action? Yeah, it's just live action. It was, it was 1949, so 3D was not in the cards. Oh, okay. Um, I was just going to say, because it's, it looked so realistic. Okay, that's why. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> okay. I think they might have stopped motioned just in terms of how it was shot, the opening of the book and stuff, though, um, to remove, like, human hands or anything like that yeah um but but yeah like it, it was live action oh okay well then that makes sense because i was i was going to say that was just so beautiful and detailed and i really enjoyed it so yeah <laughs> okay well yeah i don't think there's it doesn't feel like there's much to say about mr toad no. uh, animation wise yeah right i did you know we talked about before uh in contrast well i guess we talked about in the rescuers especially in the first rescuers i do like that the color palette in mr toad and it and a lot of it was in the day and then there was some at night but it was a much more visually enjoyable color palette and yeah. interestingly i think i enjoyed the animation in the mr toad segment the most at night it felt like the colors were a little garish in the in the sun. Not necessarily terrible, but just very cartoony. And the night scenes like kind of had just the cooler overall palette and, and it felt it felt a little more like a feature um, rather than just, you know, a cartoon short like it actually is. Um, I don't know. Yeah, the animation was it was overall very meh for for Toad. Yeah, not stand out, I guess. And I think some of the... I think Mom's already covered a lot of the stuff for Ichabod, but I think some of the most standout animation is obviously going to be in the spoiler section for for the Ichabod short, so... Uh, but one of the first things I did notice with the um, Ichabod was the backgrounds looked really nice. Yes. Like, I really liked the, the style. It was kind of like a painting. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, that was obviously a better kind of interpretation of the story or like more visually interesting to, to have that and i liked the camera work and the frame because for example to really highlight the disproportionate 
body type of Ichabod where they they captured him from behind kind of and with his head in the book and and then kind of panned out and then you see him walking just very I don't know exaggerated with his you know yeah they accentuate it really well definitely and also because you reminded me of it he needs glasses, right? He yeah. shouldn't have to have the book that close to his face. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think that's just a character eccentricity. I think this man needs some glasses. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, oh. Oh. One, one more thing. In the beginning, with animation of uh, Ichabod, the, his shadow, what they did with that was really cool. Where he was walking and then he had a really long shadow. And, and they bring that back for, I think, more... Uh, dramatic effect later but but yeah like a shadow that that was a very cool like introduction of that thought yeah yes what do you think either of these would be like in live action now okay here's my two cents the first one can't really be done in live action it would be really really weird human hands oh (laughs) so weird the first one needs to be animation (laughs) um the second one Literally has been done in live action multiple times. Um, I think, I think the Legend of Sleepy Hollow is is a story that is very easy to do in live action, and I, I, I mean, I think it can be just as effectively done either way. It's just there are different strengths in both mediums. Um, I think there's definitely some strengths that the animated version has that live action versions wouldn't necessarily be able to mimic, but in the same way, there's, there's stuff that the live action ones can do, especially just feeling so real that can really add to the, the dread of it. I'm not, I don't know if I've actually seen any of the live action versions, but I feel like most of the time they try to do it as a full film. And I'm not sure how well that, would work because this isn't a very involved story. And I feel like if you make it a full film, then you inherently have to try to make one of these characters likable as a protagonist. And I think the story probably works better if they're not. Yeah. I don't know, but I haven't actually seen any of the ones that exist, so I can't really comment on those. But I I think, I think the story itself could be effective in animation or or in live action but i think it'd probably be better in live action if it's a short rather than a full length movie not better than animation just i think as a live action thing it would be better to be short than long i would agree because i just think when you if you drag out the story again unless you do a lot of character development but then you're going to kind of defeat the purpose I don't see how you're going to have all of your characters that unlikable if you really get have us get to know them. I mean, I guess you can just feel really sad for Ichabod, depending on how you do it. If you like really try to make him, because he makes the most sense as the one to try to to make likable, but he's certainly not likable in this iteration. And I think, I mean, it probably would be spookier, I guess, if he is someone you care about, because you'd be worried about stuff happening to him. And in that way, maybe Disney dulls the scariness a little bit by making him not necessarily someone that you love. But like, I mean, I still don't think a kid wants to see Ichabod get hurt. Yeah. And that's part of why the ending is the way it is, as we'll talk about later. So, I don't know. I think one thing that the animation does well, or one choice that's super effective, is the narrator. Is keeping, you know, the viewer at a distance because you are experiencing what the characters experience through a second party. 
if you in a movie you really couldn't do that narrator even if it, it would were, feel hokey even if it were a sh- live action short like having a narrator would be too weird in in live action so you would you would be experiencing the characters you know from their point of view like with their choices with their words and and yeah like i think the choice to do the narrator in this in this animated short actually is, is really effective i think so yeah let's go on to some sound design stuff the lip sync in the Mr. Toad short seemed off at many points, especially for McBadger. Was that just me? Like, it sometimes seemed like their mouth moved way too much or not enough for whatever they were saying. And my guess is that part of it is because of stuff being cut or not finished. Yeah. And so they're like, this character has to say this and we have to stick it on this piece of animation because that's all we have. Like, it feels like that happened sometimes because the lip sync was just off sometimes yeah it might have contributed to you know me feeling that i couldn't understand what mcbadger was saying <laughs> right because you can't even like read his lips really Ish, yeah and then the uh horse at the beginning cyril when he was singing it was weird because I... they sound kind of similar when they're singing yeah yeah so at first it, my brain was like is he just mouthing the words um so that was that was just weird uh, i w- i would agree i i especially i want to say i noticed it with Mr. Toad, but yeah, it just wasn't, I don't know. Yeah, it was just off. Yeah. It it wasn't, yeah. We can talk about the song some, but first I want to talk about a very particular thing in the uh, Headless Horseman song. Was the guy in the chair who said, some don't even wear their skin, was that like a Nosferatu reference? No, because his with his appearance, or no, I th- I think it was probably a more of a pop culture reference to somebody. I'm, you think I'm so? not sure, maybe yeah. Who? But yeah, it definitely it felt like a reference for sure, huh? Like yeah. just the focus on this guy. Yes, let me see. I don't know if I caught what it's during the song, and and at one point during the Headless Horseman song that Brahm is singing, and, but at one point another guy who I think is still Bing Crosby. Um, says a line of some don't even wear their skin and it's like this really kind of tall bald like pale looking guy in a chair that the camera just really focuses on for a moment oh yeah and then yeah i don't know what that referred to but it definitely it felt i mean it was obviously very purposeful it felt like something yes while valerie's looking that up yeah what do we think about the songs in this movie i'll i'll mention what they are real quick we have the main title which is basically just a version of ichabod the merrily song which is the only song in the mr toad segment then ichabod katrina and the headless horseman which also has a reprise at the end of the movie what do we think about these songs the last song what was the the last song was just their names the headless horseman oh okay oh Ichabod has a theme song for himself, Katrina has a theme song for herself, and then the Headless Horseman is what Brahm sings. Ah, got it. And then also that song has a little bit of a reprise at the very end. Okay. (laughs) And then the one song that's in Mr. Toad is the Merrily song. Yeah, that song was forgettable. That song was very disposable. I yeah I, I I did enjoy the the music and some of the scores in the end in Ichabod. Yeah, I I think. I mean, they got Bing Crosby and they used Bing Crosby effectively. <laughs> like, yeah, I think he so. sings all those songs well. They're they're all pretty catchy. The the ones in Ichabod, not the Merrily song. Yeah, I don't know. They're all they're all they they feel 
relatively contemporary too, rather than like, I mean, you listen to the Cinderella soundtrack, which is literally the next movie after this that Disney made. And that one sounds a lot more old school with its music styling. This, this feels like pop music of the time, which yeah, you get Bing Crosby to sing. That makes the most sense is to style your songs in that way. And I like them. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Nicely done. Anything else with sound design before we go on? Did you find anything out about that man? Or Not really. That's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, anything else with sound design? I'm just trying to think of what, if if there were many sound effects. I, I don't. I mean, there was. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, a lot of them were very cartoony. But Well, I actually, I was going to say, I will say this. In the spoiler section, I think it was really well done. The sound design um, playing up or or accounting for many of his fears i just think they did that very well definitely yeah so definitely so yeah, that we'll, was well done. we'll talk about that more in spoilers but i definitely agree yeah so that was well done and then i'm just trying to remember if there were a lot of you know if there were many maybe even in the scene with ichabod um when they were vying for katrina's affections and carrying off her things home some some of the the things there with you know opening the gate or the packages and all of that i think was was well done yeah Let's go on to the part of the podcast that it's named after. How's it hold up? So G-word cart was said several times in Mr. Toad, and that was unfortunate to hear because it really, and it also didn't really have anything to do with anything. Nope. Just apparently the style or something of the cart. Yep. And it was gross. Don't say the G-word, guys. Just call them Romani, and also probably don't refer to a cart as a Romani-type cart, and let's... They want, like, I don't, that's weird. It just looked like a cart. Whatever. Weasels are not to be trusted at all was a fun, let's just characterize weasels as as an inherently bad race. I guess that's fun. Yeah. Um, It's not like this weasel gang are not to be trusted. It's just weasels themselves. All weasels are bad. (laughs) Um, Yeah, let's just, I mean, it's the same thing where it's like, gross that we're like all orcs or all goblins are bad like let's just never in a fantasy thing say that one particular race is just inherently untrustworthy or bad in some way yeah um that in the headless horseman song there is one particular line that's pretty gross that says black or white or even red the headless horseman needs a head yeah that one that's an unfortunate line (laughs) that's in there and Mars, an otherwise uh, very enjoyable song. One of the biggest things for me to talk about is is the the short fat lady in Ichabod, um, who is just constantly treated as as a punchline and a joke, and it sucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I liked yeah, like her. She's <laughs> she's, she's adorable she's and she deserves happiness, but she is not treated well by this story at all. Yeah, I think. Before the dance scene, it was kind of on par with how the other women were being treated. Yeah. Uh, but then she would dance with him, like the way she danced, that you like rarely ever saw her face when she was dancing. And, uh, and I mean, the whole reason that she's even dancing is because Brahms like, I'm gonna get her the unattractive one is obviously his thought, even if they don't say it. Yeah. Um, and, and switch her out for Katrina so that... 
Ichabod has to dance with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I mean, yeah, it's just gross. And then it's played for laughs how she dances erratically and is just like holding on to Brahm. And then she does get switched out with Ichabod at one point and dances exactly the same. And then Brahm keeps trying to lock her in different things. And it's just gross. Mm-hmm. Well, also, yeah. okay. To me, it plays into the stereotype or the line that you even hear in movies. One of my favorite movies, Sleepless in Seattle, where they're talking about, yeah, women over 40 are just desperate to have a husband or whatever. And not that these women were older, but it's that that trope or that stereotype that women are just desperate to get any man. So, of course, she's just clinging on to any man who is even glancing yeah, it's like because she's her. unattractive. Well, yeah, Because but- she's, quote, unattractive, she's desperate to have anybody. So the moment that he shows something that she could consider affection, she's all over Exactly. Like, yeah, that definitely seemed oh, to be... Oh, I can't stand that. ...what and, the joke was. Yeah, and do and you know what interesting, in contrast, in Mr. Toad, it was a hundred percent male cast. There was no women in that entire cast. And in Ichabod, it's all about women basically being this property or this thing, whether they're they're used for either because they're great cooks or for their money. But basically, they're objects. They are just completely objects. Yeah. So they're or their looks. Yeah, their looks or money or Either because you find them attractive or because you want to use their looks as a weapon. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. But I mean, but they're for something. But to me, they're still objectified because whether, again, it's for for looks as as a prize or as property or as a sexual object, whatever. Yeah. No, definitely. Just really bothersome. (laughs) Very bothersome. Bad gender politics. Exactly. Yeah, I guess that's why the Katrina thing didn't feel so bad because it's like, she she truly has no power. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. To me, ex- so yeah. Like she's just having fun while she could have it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I so, disliked like, her the least because yeah, it's kind of like yeah, girl, play the system. I mean, you're stuck in this terrible, sexist, you know, horrible, oppressive system. So yeah, have fun with it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else for this section? Uh, boop, boop, boop. Yeah, we talked about that line, ripe, melting, and rosy cheeks. Oh, yeah. In the Katrina uh, song, it's like, you could go farther with, like, and then name some ladies. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, I guess you're calling her a prude or something. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Well, um, well, also, to me, the irony, you talked, we've talked about different body types. They, again, exaggerate body types. And so you have... Uh, Katrina being this unrealistic body type and then over-exaggerated with our little unnamed woman. But then Ichabod is a very unattractive character, but apparently he's a catch, really? And, I mean, so the male... I, I just, assume it's because he sings like Bing Crosby. I guess. That, I just, or, like, he's like, oh, this city guy, he's refined. Yeah, yeah. I like, just, just oh, these you know. double standards, because you have oh, yeah. very unattractive male characters, but yet you're going to make fun of what you deem unattractive in the female characters. I don't know. I just always find that. And and that's common to many Many of, of, you know, of the media and cartoons. Oh, yeah. And especially Disney. Disney loves loves those sorts of jokes. Yeah. And I don't quite believe that Katrina necessarily found Ichabod attractive. I, yeah, no, I think I she was think just so. using him. I think she was just yeah, using him. Yeah, exactly. But supposedly the other women did, or at least 
were interested in him that he was having all the dinners with. But we most saw them swooning when he was singing. So again, I think it's because he sings like Bing Crosby. That, yeah, and again, <laughs> just like the allure of this, you know, school teacher guy. Yeah. Uh, but but no, I, I don't think Katrina was a part of that uh, thought. Yeah. Let's go on to our spoiler alert. Skip to. One hour, five minutes, and 29 seconds. Okay, I guess Mr. Toad, do we have any, I mean, I liked the scene where they were fighting over the deed that the, was the, the mo- most. That was the most engaging scene. It was still, yeah. <laughs> like, it was mostly just because some of the slapstick gags were fun or just, like, it felt a little bit dangerous, but it's not like I really cared about the proceedings. No, that, but that's the only time I reacted where it was going into the fire and I was like, <gasps> You're like, no! And then he manages to suck it up and you're like, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, you got me. Oh, and then when he starts throwing the paper airplanes and you're like, oh, that's pretty clever, actually. Yeah. yeah. I do like, of course, Mr. Mole being uh, the kind of, you know, like, the jewelers being <laughs> being lowered down with this rope yeah. and and and, so missed, and it's Mission Impossible. Yes, yeah, Mission Impossible, and he's doing that. But then dun, when dun, he when dun. he just plops on his chest and he's used as like a a, a, a snuggle pillow or something. Um, I mean, he seems like he would be the cuddliest of <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, huh? I just like, uh, I do. Yeah, I did. I did. It. That was cute. But yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about about the end of. Of the Mr. Toad segment. I don't I don't remember what this was about, but I have Toad was gonna kill that guy. Oh yeah. Yeah, what what is it? Um, I, I don't I don't know. I wrote what. I wrote something about it. I'll pop him off, he said. Just <laughs> ready and willing to murder a man. <laughs> Jeez, Mr. Oh, Toad. Oh the the guard guy, and it's like chill. Yeah. I'm sure he's he's murdered somebody before. Almost certainly. <laughs> With how gung ho he was about it there. Yeah. I'm trying to uh. think of when that was. It was when they were still outside, but they were, like, in the river or whatever, and then a, a weasel guy started walking over the bridge. Ah. And maybe and they Mr. Gunn just, like, pulled a gun. Oh. And I was like, I'll kill him. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, I mean, he gets the deed back, and the bad guys get put away, and he gets his stuff back, and then, oh, he's into airplanes. Yeah, true. Yeah, there's, there's not a lot to say. Let's go on to the Betterment one. Well, I was just going to say that they should have just let him go bankrupt. It's like, know, he doesn't right? know how to spend I know, his money. He's I like, know. He like, doesn't. Well, just let it happen. Right? And two, they it's sh- not worth it. They should have just somehow, with all of his debts, made him donate his estate if the, if the town needed it so much, you know, to, to them. Because they deserved it more than he did, obviously. The, you know, the estate, the toad manor that, that they were yeah, so yeah. desperate to preserve. So just, just make his debts him have to donate it to the town. Who knows? Then your problem solved and he can go be bankrupt and I don't know, <laughs> get put in jail for his <laughs> debts. He was annoying. So Ichabod. All right. I, so Ichabod is very superstitious, which we see in his intro scene. And then we see with the salt, uh, which yeah. is where Brom notices. So he hears the whole Headless Horseman song and is of course terrified by it. So he has to go back home and he has to go through the spooky Sleepy Hollow Woods or whatever. And I liked the the clouds that looked like hands that were like closing over the moon in the sky. Oh yeah, there's lots of good. That was really cool. Here. Yeah, yeah. No, there was lots of amazing animation, just painterly background, some of the things they did with like, oh, this looks scary, but oh, it's just this and and then of course 
the horseman appears and the animation on the horseman and his horse is amazing, especially like the lighting. They always look so spooky. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's great. No, the, the, the lighting like with the trees as he's going through the forest, like varying degrees of detail, but like all of it done just so nicely to set the, the mood. Yeah, like you get to this scene and like you're kind of you kind of get the feeling like, oh, this is what everything's leading to. Like, this is, they did this, they put a lot of effort into this scene, because this is the scene. Yeah, and then in this scene, they don't do narration. Yeah. Like, they stop the narration for the the entirety of this scene. Like, it's also, just I him don't, reacting. I don't know who does the Headless Horseman's laugh, but... It's definitely not Bing Crosby that voices Ichabod in this in that whole scene. It is uh, Pinto Kolvig, who was the original voice of Goofy, who voices his scared sounds and screams and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I also, I, I love how things turn into other things, like the tree with the eyes in it, and then it ends up being, you it's know, some fireflies kind of fireflies. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and re- very reminiscent to me of like Snow White being lost in the woods or even real life Disney, the haunted mansion going around that area. Just so many of those things reminiscent of that, but so well done with like the, the reeds. And I think you talked about this, but the, the, you think that at this point, the headless horseman is already upon him when he's in the graveyard, but it's actually reeds hitting against a log. And then he discovers that. So yeah, I love- He has kind of manic laughter as as he realizes. I don't know why the horse decided to just take a nap in the middle of the graveyard. I'm not quite sure. I mean, it looked like a real tired horse, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yes, that poor horse. I also find it ironic how how plot devices, because here there were all these people at this party, yet no one else was going home on the road at the same time as him. He's the only one on this road. <laughs> I don't know. Truly, yeah. yeah. And other people have to travel, too. Exactly. Like, I just find, go with them. Yeah, I find that ironic that, yeah, he's just the only one seemingly in this whole entire area or town you know but this whole long stretch of road but yeah what where would where are all the other people uh so yeah i also like that the end is like here's a not scary option if you want to think that ichabod's fine (laughs) it's like if you want to believe that he has a family and he's doing great then here you go but everyone else is like "Mm, no he's probably gone um, yeah, but it's very plausible because I think it was Brom that was pretending to be the headless horseman because he Oh was, yeah, like yeah, let's yeah, let's talk about it. Like it's definitely Brom, right? But you think Brom's that- just like, you know what? This guy keeps besting me. I'm going to murder him. Yeah. <laughs> so you think Brom just murdered him because then where's the body? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Okay. That's how I interpret it. And I think it's is purposely to some degree left open for two interpretation, but I mean Especially like the the part where he is doing the song and he puts the sheet over his head and his shadow looks exactly like the headless horseman. Like I think they want. I think they are also leading you to believe that that is definitely Brom. I, I yeah. I I forgot to like look at his horse early on. Like oh, kind Brom's of horse. Oh. Yes, yes. To kind of see if there are some similarities, if it's obviously the same or or not. But no, I'd, I'd agree that Brom is the horseman. I think you could, there's some gradient of, did he mean to kill him? 
or he was swinging a sword at him constantly or or <laughs> or was there or is there some um but then again they did get very close multiple times and he swung the sword and didn't hit him at all yeah are there some more you know favorable interpretations where he was wanted to scare him but through some accident because he's you know going fast with the horse maybe Ichabod fell or or like or something like that Truly, though, like, he kept hitting his head on the branch, which is, like, nice foreshadowing. Yeah. But what if he just died because of that? Like, he's, you know, so scared and, like, moving so fast that he, like, is looking behind and turns around and then gets hit hit by this branch and then yeah. he, like, dies and uh, Braum is right. like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, uh, peace. And then just, like, or... He's, or, like, moves the body past... The no, he. I mean, because the body doesn't stay there. Puts like the hat there, and then the the destroyed pumpkin, and, and so the legend can be or whatever. Yes, yes. Just and gets then he rid just the body. buries the body, and he has a, a dark secret now. A dark secret. <laughs> There's also, if you want a little bit less of a dark thing, you could say that even if it was Brom, he he threw the pumpkin at the end, and it and it hit him, but it didn't like kill him or anything, and he was just so terrified that he left and never came back. Yeah, well, that's, so that's what I think. That he- that's what I think. That's yeah. that's the ending. That no, I think. I think Ichabod's dead. <laughs> I definitely go for one of the interpretations where that guy died. <laughs> nah, I think he just fled in terror and but never I think, came back. I think the ending is good because it le- it leaves it open to interpretation like that. I think it's a little bit. I don't think we needed the scene of him with a family or whatever. Yes, I yes. think we could have still talked about. Some people think that he left and has a family. And some people, most people are like, he got spirited away so that there could still be like the, how do you want to interpret it? But I don't think we actually needed to like have a little animation thing of him eating with a family. Yeah, yeah I would agree. Him walking away with things. I don't know. Yeah. they they What would you put there if they were talking about it? What would the scene look like if not a family? I mean, I don't think you have to show that. I think well, you can just show. What would you show? I think you can just, you can show like the, the stuff that was left and then just kind of fade into the town and like kind of move through it until you get to the wedding sequence. Like, I don't think you have to have something that directly correlates to the narration. It's not very long anyways. Yeah, so Yeah. I just don't think you needed that. But then it's so like- I think it, it's like, so I think it just exists to like soothe little children who are really upset and or parents who are like thinking this is too much for their children of like no look he could just be fine with a family with some some no-faced lady and right. kids that look like him this is great yeah <laughs> and then and then our other two i don't uh, not i don't cool. think that's what happened to him even if he survived this <laughs> and these other two characters like also not great people are together married and happy yeah yeah no i i figured I, I mean, think yeah. the train is probably just like, I can use Brom better than anyone else, so might as well marry him. No, I think she was fine with him. I think she was attracted yeah, to him. It was like, just... they're two hot people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, early on, she's like, oh, this is no fun. You've scared away all these guys. Yeah. And she's like, oh, this there's somebody who will kind of stand up it's to like, I want you to have to play a game here. Yeah, like, that's what that was. But yeah. I think, you know. Yeah, you gotta work more... for me. <laughs> Right, but she always, yeah, I don't think she ever actually was attracted to Ichabod. And she was always like, yeah, I'm going to go with the big hot guy. Yeah, like, like, I know this ending. It's me and him. Yeah. Not not you, but, you know, sometimes you're fun. Which makes it ironic if Brom murdered Ichabod, because it's like, dude, you were always going to get the girl. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
like there he has no redeeming characteristics except for maybe his social graces and voice. Yeah. And that's not that's not gonna be enough for Katrina. No. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I think I like the fact that the ending is open to interpretation and that the whole last scene with the, the horse bit is is pretty much perfect. Um, the, the one negative I would say is I feel like them going around and around the tree lasted a little too long. I agree. Which is a little bit of a bummer because it's one of the last parts of the thing. So it, it just slows down that last segment a little more than need be. But overall, overall that, that whole sequence of him going through the woods and then the Headless Horseman and stuff is is the reason to watch this, I think. Yeah. Oh, one sound thing that I forgot to mention was oh, sure. the, uh, like, the frogs that were saying, like, Ichabod and Headless oh, Horseman yeah. and, like, stuff saying beware, but it's all... Yes. But... Yeah, like, but animal it, sounds. Yeah, like, it was... It was it sounded it good enough mix. like animal yes. sounds. Yes, exactly. It, it was like if you're not paying that close attention, you could just think it's animal sounds, but then you're like, oh no, they are they're saying something. Yeah, like you I could see something going too far and it just like a dude saying, Beware or Ichabod kind oh, sure. of like a frog. But no, like it was mixed really well. Uh, yeah. I like that a lot. Yes. That's enough for spoilers. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene? And, oh, uh, actually, sorry, first, because this is the first time that we're doing this. Say your your least favorite scene, and also which of the two shorts is your least favorite. Oh, least favorite is obviously Mr. Toad. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, Least favorite scene, I think, from Mr. Toad, of course. You don't have to do one for each. No, but I'm saying, of course, it's from Mr. Toad. Oh, sure. I think it's probably where Cyril came in to the prison and is like, gonna break you out dressing like a lady and you gotta dress like a lady and then it jumps to them out yeah and it's it's like how did they get out yeah just (laughs) just like he has to be out to move this forward this is the way we're doing it i mean it really just feels like a scene that was just not ever created yeah so it's like oh we'll put a scene here and then it's like walt said this needs to be 25 minutes you can just assume they got out it's fine yeah like no no fun I, i didn't like it I would say um, also my least favorite short was Mr. Toad. My least favorite scene, I think, was Mr. Toad and um, Cecil, or what was the horse's name? Cecil? Cyril. 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 Rampaging and just destroying stuff. I just hate, hate slapstick or, or, or destruction, wanton destruction in anything, whether it's live action or animation it just bothers me it's just like i don't know so they're just like destroying stuff as they're gallivanting which is so dumb why didn't they just follow a road if they want to just ride quickly i don't know so that was probably my least favorite scene and then yeah um i think my obviously mr toad is the worst of the two shorts i think my least favorite scene was a little bit before what you said valerie and it's where Mr. Toad is just like crying uh-huh. and we're supposed to feel sad for him. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care about him. Mm-hmm. You could have chopped that out and kept in some of their escaping from the prison. Cause I don't need to be emotionally connected to Toad. Nothing you do here is going to connect me to him at this point in the, in the thing. So yeah, that scene, just because it was trying to play to my emotions and it couldn't ever hope to actually do that <laughs> at, that, at that late of a stage. What was your favorite short and scene? There's only two shorts. Right. So your favorite short is inherently yes. Ichabod. <laughs> this will be this part will be a lot more fun when we get to like melody time and it's like seven different shorts. I mean, 
<laughs> and by fun, I mean excruciating because it'll probably be hard to pick one. Yeah, exactly. Because they're all going to probably not be great. Anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Favorite. Uh, it'll probably be more fun with um, Robot Carnival. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Uh, uh, favorite Ichabod, obviously. Not really another choice, but there were some good parts in it. Like, yeah. Favorite scene. I mean, the the ending, right? Like, spoiler scene. Yeah. Agreed on both counts. Obviously, Ichabod's the better short. And yeah, I mean, Ichabod is a short that's pretty much entirely built around the payoff that a certain scene is. Yeah. Like, the whole rest of the short has some fun gags and stuff, but like, it's all just leading to a thing. It's just like the explanation of this event yeah um and giving you all the details you need to decide how you want to interpret the end yeah um so yeah i mean that the final scene and spoilers um barring the very short like post stuff um yeah it's that that's definitely the best part agreed i would also echo that i would say that ichabod is my favorite of the two shorts and yeah that whole ending spoiler spoiler scene who was your least favorite character? Mr. Toad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I think so. I, I agree. Yeah, nothing nothing redeeming. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Toad. Yeah. Even the yeah. animation, he wasn't even well even done. Even the bad, the bad guys weren't enough of characters for me to like feel one way or the other yeah. about them. So. Yeah. And I did like the the bar guy polishing the yes, thing. So I really liked that. That bumps him up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's probably Toad. Yeah. He's like the main character and he kind of sucks. Yeah, he yeah. was he was drawn the least, I don't know. Consistently? Well, yeah, but his just whole, uh, his whole drawing and, and how he looked was the most unappealing. It just, I don't know, didn't have depth, wasn't, I don't know, just wasn't interesting. Had that weird... Boo little, on Mr. Toad. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Who was your favorite character that's a bit harder it is a bit harder right because mine is the little gal in ichabod that that um was dancing she was a cutie the green dress yeah i mean i wanted better for her i but, did too I mean, but she, i liked her the she's best. not she's not my favorite character just because she's portrayed so terribly mm, um that's fair i mean she can be yours i'm just saying she's not mine <sighs> she was just character. cute she was just a cutie i don't know Actually, I will. Uh, sorry, I get. I think because you have, I, I got to know him more. Then I'm gonna say, out of both of them, my favorite character was the mole. I liked Mr. Mole. Yeah, like I'm gonna go. Yeah, a little bit of a wild card. Let's, even though it's our least favorite short, my favorite character is the mole. Yeah, he was cool from uh from the first short. Yeah, he was a nice dude. Yeah, good friend. Yeah. Really caring. A little bit bumbling, but like... Easily influenced. He's like, yeah, I'll go on this horse with you. Brad's gotta be like, no, we decided. (laughs) But it makes him a little bit endearing. And like, I wanted to like Rat, but he just, he didn't have quite enough character in his scenes for me to get anything beyond he's the stern one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but Mr. Mole even is going down there all, you know, uh, like if you're a jewelry hot, yeah, Mission Impossible style going down on the rope. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, no, Mr. Mole, he's my favorite. Uh, I think I already said the Hell's Horseman. Mm. I'm gonna stick with it. Mm. Okay, that's the, the I, ghost. Yeah, I mean, I think you can say the Headless Horseman. I think, even though interpretations could be that the Headless Horseman is a different character. The Headless Horseman. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. Um, the this was. I mean, it wasn't a musical. It had this songs. Had in music. It. This had songs in it. 
Yes. What was your least favorite song? The Mr. Toad one. Uh, yeah, the Merrily song. Yeah, yeah I guess. It's... It was very disposable. Yeah. Yep. What was your favorite song? The Headless Horseman. Or the, what is it? Is, was it called the Headless Horseman song? The one that Brahms sings? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's basically only three other songs yes. and a couple of reprises. Yeah, there's Ichabod's theme song, there's Katrina's theme song, and there's the Headless Horseman. I think I like Headless Horseman the best. It was catchy. It was very thea- yeah, theatrical. This, uh, barring that one line, though, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. barring that one line. I can't remember Katrina's well enough. Yeah, Ichabod and Headless Horseman are high up there for me. I'm just like trying to figure out which one. I do remember the Katrina one, but meh. I don't know. Yes. I don't like it as much, though. Not to mention it has a lot more egregious lines. I think I'll go with... No. Y'all go with the Headless Horseman one. That one... Yeah, I mean, it's the Headless Horseman. Just, like, rewrite that one lyric to make to make it... Like, if you want to do a redo of it, just re- rewrite that lyric. Yes, That's all please. it needs. Yeah, um, uh, but, yeah, like, it's it's a good song. Visually, and it's got that spooky feel. Yes. Um, the, especially some of, like, the strings in it. Uh, like, help give it that really kind of spooky edge. And it's just... It's good. Yeah. 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 If Tim Curry played a character in either of these... Who would he have been? I guess, I mean, we can't really put him in Ichabod, can we? Because it's just just Bing Crosby the whole time. (laughs) And I mean, no offense, Tim Curry, but you don't need to like sing a bunch. So like, I mean, he's probably fine. He is fine. He has an incredible singing voice. But it's just, it's going to give it a very, it's going to give it a very different feel. Yes, yes, yes. So I don't think we need to replace Bing Crosby. So let's go to the one that actually has a bunch of character voices. I mean, if somebody wants to say, I think it's fine if they're like, no. Tim if you, if you really Bing want Crosby. to argue that Tim Curry should replace Bing Crosby, <laughs> sure. But I'm not going to argue that. Uh, not of the time, it, you know, of the era that was in. But I, but although I have a, I have a funny. He can replace Pinto Kolvik and do uh, the scared sounds no, from. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, that'd be terrible. No. Um, yeah. So who and Mr. Toad? I would, would say Mr. Best? Toad. Maybe I would have liked Mr. Toad. Um, especially if they yeah. did, you know how how many time animators will try to capture the the essence of the the voice actor. So maybe I would have liked Mr. Toad better if they had done that. It and, would have been kind of funny hearing Tim Curry try to like uh, defend himself in court. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what would have been really funny is hearing Tim Curry make vroom vroom car noises. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that <laughs> that whole part. Uh, yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. I don't know that Mr. Mole ever talks. A little bit. Like a tiny bit. Yeah. Um, Other than that, maybe Mr. He, Badger, he, but I still think He I could would. be McBadger, yeah. and he could just talk like Tim Curry, not try to put on an accent. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I still think maybe it would have made Mr. Toad bearable. Oh, oh, he could be he could be the prosecutor dude in the trial. Hmm. Well, maybe. Yeah. I think that's... He could uh, hand that one up a lot. Yeah, that is uh, not long enough to like kind of make it the center but you know it's a significant enough role to get to hear a lot of tim curry yeah impactful enough yeah and honestly i found that guy a little hard to hear sometimes too so i think just re-record his stuff anyways (laughs) (laughs) um second second to mcbadger he was the one i had the hardest time understanding which i feel like had to do more with how he was recorded rather than an accent or anything 
All right, let's go on to our overall consensus and whether we would recommend them and what we would rate them. Um, How are we going to do this? Yeah, I know. It's weird, right? I mean, for this, it's easy. Huh? It's It's easier for this. Okay, so I guess looking towards the future, I don't think it's feasible to give ratings, like individual ratings to the compilations that are like seven different things stuck together. Sure. That's just too much to try to do but this isn't the only one that's literally just two shorts and i think it's pretty reasonable to rate the overall package as well as each individual short so i think we can do that uh just a suggestion or just a thought about bigger ones with more shorts is it is it worth it enough to like at least say you recommend and not recommend individual shorts or yes i think so but i think Basically, the more shorts there are, the harder it is to separate them as individual things. Yes. Like, and, you know, obviously we will eventually be doing things like Robot Carnival that are meant to be viewed together. Like, they all are supposed to be viewed as as a movie. Yeah. So you can, you can say this one was my favorite or not, but you wouldn't really want to watch any of them individually. But with this and, like, Fun and Fancy Free, which is also literally just two half-hour shorts put together, like... They can be separated, and they were separated by Disney. Would just like take those shorts and slap them into TV broadcasts, not with the other short, because they really don't have any relation. Sure. So yeah, I th- I think for these ones, like for something like Saludos Amigos or Three Caballeros, that that's a little harder because it kind of flows and is supposed to be a big package. But some of these later ones are literally just two things slapdashedly put together and it's pretty easy like literally when we do fun and fancy free uh spoilers i'm going to have us watch the movie and also watch just the mickey short the version that i saw because i think it's going to make a big difference the they have basically different narrators mm-hmm. either ludwig von drake and the little bug guy or oh celebrity of the time i guess who does ventriloquism and has live action segments and those are very different feels to combine with the mickey mouse footage you know so i think it'll be worth seeing the two different things here uh, for that one but yeah for this one rate it as what you think it is as a movie of these two different things combined and the interstitials but then you can also rate each individual short as they would stand on their own especially knowing that that has happened before they have been separated and, and shown yeah. on their own. Okay. And also whether or not you would recommend them, you can both say that about the movie and the individual shorts. Like we did in the opening. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Uh, as a package. Uh, no, I don't think I'd recommend it because the first thing is so slow. It, it makes it feel longer than the hour that it is. As individuals, I would not recommend Toad. Um, in a, eh, eh, sure, for, um, Ichabod, uh, the, the end was, was very impactful. There's some good stuff there. Uh, but if you don't see it, that's probably fine too. It's not like essential viewing. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to, sure, go ahead. Rating. I think for Toad, I will give it a 1.75, 1.5. Sure. Uh, we'll say 0.75 like it didn't look bad or anything but structurally like not really a compelling story you can skip it for Ichabod let's say 
a 2.5 for that. And so, uh, so yeah, some cool stuff in there, but nothing super special, I guess. And so for a total package deal, let's say, I forgot, 2.5, let's give it a 2. We'll rate it on the, the package a little bit on the lower side because it leads with the worst thing and just really makes it rough to get through. That's all I got. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I think that for Toad, I'm going to rate it a one. And and the only reason I'm even giving it that high, because I was all, all, honestly thinking of a 0. 0.5 or 0. 0.75, is, be- is because I think the animation, even though why, I mean, I don't think it's just like bad animation. I feel like the animation, the sound, the coloring is good but because this the characters are so devoid of any substance and the storyline is just so boring that yeah i'm going to do a one for mr toad for ichabod i'm going to give it i think a 1.75 just trying to think brutal (laughs) i know i know just because okay one is that I loved loved the actual coloring and the animation in and of itself, but to me that's not enough to carry it over a two because the um, there there was the really amazing ending scene. Hmm, is that going to knock it over for me? I don't know if that's enough to knock it over for me because to me there was just so much blatant sexism and caricatures of people and just too much tropes and uh, just too much ickiness that I really did not like. Uh, with the whole premise. So, yeah. So, I'm thinking 1.75 there. And as a package, you know, I'm going to reverse that. I'm going to say a 2 for Ichabod. And I'm going to say the overall, because you're combining the package of 1.5. Because I'm just going to go, like, you, you stuck that on there. So, yeah. So, so 1 for Ichabod. I mean, 1 for Toad. 2 for Ichabod. 1.5 for the package. I would not recommend the package. I would not recommend Mr. Toad. I would not highly recommend Ichabod, but definitely for possible literary merit or just, again, to go along with that that tall tale and that Halloween spooky theme. You could look at it. We're supposed to be spooky. Yeah. Spooky. <laughs> because that last scene was very, very Spooked, spooky. Halloween spooktacular. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably copyrighted or something. Yeah. Oh, you're right. The spooktacular, almost certainly. Uh, spookfest. What if I just bleep spooktacular? Spookaloo. Spookaloo. I love it. We have to. This is our. This is our annual Halloween spookaloo. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, you just you just named it. (laughs) We didn't have it last year, but now we've been rebranded officially as the annual Halloween spookaloo. Spookaloo. (laughs) All right. Okay, so I do not recommend it as a package deal. I do not recommend Mr. Toad. I do recommend Ichabod. Ratings, I would put Mr. Toad at a 1.5. It's just kind of broken and not very good, and none of the characters are likable, but in like a bad way. Um, (laughs) Except for for Mr. Mole. He's plenty of Yes, he's a cutie. Um... The overall package, I would put at a 1.75 because it's just such a dredge to get through the opening to get to the good stuff. It's just not worth it. 
for the actual Ichabod short, which is the one that I had actually seen before and have seen many times, I would give it a 2.75. I think it's pretty great. It definitely has issues. Some of them are just kind of typical of how Disney was at the time with the sorts of jokes they like to make, like shaming fat people and women. But it's it's still like a solid Halloween short with some hot, solid songs and a real solid ending. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd say it's just under my like three average mark. And I and I do recommend it. It definitely has some issues, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd recommend it. Either seek it out on its own or like watch it on Disney Plus, but just like fast forward through the Mr. Toad segment. Like just just skip that one. I mean, you can watch it once if you're like really curious, just morbidly curious, but you probably won't have a good time. I don't recommend it. Yeah. Maybe you could most, the thing I would most recommend watching Mr. Toad as is a curiosity of like weird that some of these things popped up again when this was not very good. <laughs> the weasels are very good. Yeah. Yeah, the when they're used second, like yeah, yeah and, and Roger Rabbit. Oh yeah, good. that's an amazing movie, man. We'll we'll get to that one eventually. That'll be fun. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, truly, Mister Toad puts you at a disadvantage or puts you in a negative mood before exactly. going into it's Ichabod. A, it's ultimately just a slog because it's not very good storytelling and the characters are overall not very enjoyable. It's just. I wouldn't recommend watching it before. I don't recommend watching a bad thing before you watch a good thing. Yeah. Just don't watch the bad thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just if you're going to watch it on Disney Plus, just go to the Ichabod part. You won't have missed anything substantial. <laughs> yeah, that's my ratings. Next time, we are going to continue our Halloween spooktacular. Nope. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me try. Next time, we are going to continue our annual Halloween spookaloo. <laughs> with a movie that I am really stretching to include that involves scary aliens and potentially the end of our world as we know it. So that's scary, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a sh- it's a movie based on a show that had actual Halloween episodes that would have fit here much better. But we cover movies here and I want to cover this movie. So I'm just going to kind of slotted into our Halloween annual Halloween spookaloo. spookaloo. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. We will see. Yeah, spookaloo. next time. Spookaloo, spookaloo. Had to give. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank y'all Bye. for listening. Please, please, um, yeah, like us, subscribe. Let us know how you're doing and we love y'all. Bye. Bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.